Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur looking to take your business skills to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Enterprise Now Show. Prepare to be inspired, motivated, and transformed. And now, your host, LZ Flinnard. Can I get a oh yeah? What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to episode 142 of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. Michael Thompson's depth of knowledge in the service-oriented industry uniquely positions him to be the president of Applied Management Group, Inc. Over the past two decades, Michael has applied his product knowledge and analytical skills in senior roles at leading water treatment companies. Let's dig in right after this quick message. Seems everyone is podcasting these days. But if you want to do it right and stand out from the crowd, you need to contact Enterprise Now. E-Now Podcast Solutions is second to none in providing best-in-class customer service and delivering top-quality podcast production. Podcast editing can be time-consuming and tedious. You're a podcaster. That's what you do best. Let us do the dirty work for you. Besides, it's what we do best. Then all you have to do is your awesome show. We can help with basic editing, mixing, promotion, delivery, tagging, and pro editing. Whatever you need, we can do it for you. Check us out and see all the ways we can make your podcast sound amazing and professional. Visit enterprise-now.biz slash production. All right, Mike, can I get an oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. Perfecto. First of all, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us. Um, I know I say this every week, but it, it's true. You There are about a hundred things <laughs> that you could literally <laughs> be doing right now, but you decided to spend some time with us sharing your experience and your knowledge. So uh, on the behalf of the enterprisers, thank you. Well, thank you very much for having me. I always enjoy uh, having the opportunity to talk about business and and uh, share my experiences. So the very next thing that I always ask is to tell us about yourself. Now, when I say that, feel free to go all the way back to when it all started, or you can start more <laughs> current day. Tell us about yourself. I will do that. I, I actually will step back a little bit. I think I've, I've been a serial entrepreneur my whole life. Uh, from the time I was even a young young boy at 12 and 13, I was working, trying to start small businesses, trying to figure out how to make money, service clients. Uh, you know, when I was young, I had a paper route and I would leverage that to, you know, lawn mowing jobs and, and the kind of the handyman jobs from the time I was young all the way through high school. I did more of that. 
always looking for that second and third job or, or how can I, I be my own boss. And, um, you know, it's, I learned how to work hard. I learned how to, you know, work with clients and customers and that sort of thing. But one of the things I found early on is that I failed miserably at the business side of business. Um, I would start a business, do very well, work very hard and couldn't figure out why I just couldn't quite get it where it needed to go. So um, when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I, I took a break from trying to run businesses and said, I need to learn more. I need to learn what it is that I don't know. I don't started uh, down that path, working with, talking with entrepreneurs. I pretty much worked with entrepreneurs my whole life. Um, i manager as a, uh, in the last 20 years before I, I started my company, I actually was a regional manager for a large uh, corporation traveling all over North America. I was also a trainer for all over North America and literally have trained thousands of people on everything from business and management to sales to technical and got to know people. But my main focus always has been with the entrepreneurial aspect of it. So over the last 30 plus years, I've always focused on entrepreneurs, uh, finding those individuals, not the larger corporations, but those guys that, that really, you know, wore all the hats. In fact, uh, in in my experience, I I think one of the most profound statements I ever got was uh, I don't know if you know who Lou Holtz is. He was the the football coach. Um, you've seen him as a motivational speaker. He actually got involved with the company I was working with, and I got to know him fairly well. But he was giving a speech to us one time, and he said, "You know, I've learned one thing that." that matters most. He said, there's a huge difference between signing a paycheck on the back and signing it on the front. And uh, that was one of the things as an entrepreneur, I have learned that signing the checks on the front are, are vastly different and a lot more responsibility. And you really need to know what you're doing in order for that to, to make it. So about eight years ago, I was corporately downsized voluntarily, um, but I was corporately downsized. We uh, went through, I think, our fifth buyout, and I raised my hand. I was traveling at that time about 42 to 48 weeks a year, and it just got to be old. In fact, most of the guys that were doing what we were doing, you had three choices. You either got out before it got too late or you became an alcoholic or divorced. And I decided it was time to get out before either one of the other two things happened and started, uh, started the business that we do now. We're in our eighth year of uh, doing what we do and I uh, couldn't be happier. It's, uh, I'm back to doing what I love, which is being an entrepreneur, but I'm also working and focusing with entrepreneurs uh, on a more personal level than I was ever able to do in a corporate setting. So. It's, it's what I love to do, and I've taken all the knowledge, all the skills, all the things that I've learned over the last 30-plus years and been able to incorporate that into what we do to help uh, entrepreneurs grow their business. Now, taking a, a step back a little bit, what's your, what's your favorite thing to do? My favorite? Well, boy, there's a lot of things that fall into that. I'm a guy that loves to do stuff. I'm an outdoorsman. I love to be outdoors. You, anything that you can put me in outdoors winter summer fall i don't care what the, the, the temperature is i love to snowshoe i love to cross-country ski bicycle motorcycles four-wheel drives hiking camping you name it 
I'll do it. I love being outside. I love the water. Um, I was born and raised around Lake Michigan, and I've always been drawn back to it. You know, I, my happiest times is sitting on a beach somewhere, you know, watching a sunrise or a sunset or hiking along it or doing something on it. So that would be uh, some of my favorite things to do. The other half of that is, um, I think we mentioned it, is really that... Um, I run a Christian men's ministry, and that has been probably as near and dear to my heart as anything over the last three or four years. Got it. Uh, one thing that, that came out in your answer is you mentioned that you love being um, on the beach. And to people who are listening to the show that are not from this area, because we're, we're relatively close. So I'm up in Waukesha, you're down in the uh, Pleasant Prairie area. Mm-hmm. Yes, Milwaukee has a beach. Oh, I get that question all the time. <laughs> people are shocked and surprised. Yes, Milwaukee has a beach. <laughs> well, most people don't realize is that Lake Michigan, I mean, the view from the beach on Lake Michigan is like any ocean. You don't see the other sides. And there's actually surfing. And this is in the Midwest, there's actually surfing. And it got started many years ago that uh, it's actually a very, very popular surf capital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Lake Michigan, so. Yep. So, going back to your um, your kind of upbringing in the in the entrepreneurial world, talk a little bit about how entrepreneurial thinking impacts business. Well, it's it's an interesting component. You know, the, the part of the American dream is to own your own business, and I think the entrepreneur. That, uh, you know, there's some people say, oh, I just don't want to work for somebody else. And I don't think that's really the entrepreneurial spirit. The entrepreneurial spirit to me is that that quest to be able to accomplish, to grow something, to be, to create and, and not only create, but make something sustainable so that we can continue to grow and, and expand. There's a natural curiosity to entrepreneurs that you don't see in, in some people that, you know, that I want to learn more. I want to be more. I want to really have my hands on things and, and watch it grow. And I, I think, you know, no matter what your passion is, what you love to do, the entrepreneurial spirit is an added component to that that says, not only do I want to do it, but I want to do it my way. And I want to do it in such a way that I can I can grow and, and really make a living doing what I love and not having someone else really uh, set the, the goals and standards for me as I do it. So. I, I just love, I've always loved the entrepreneurial spirit. I love the individuals that, that uh, are willing to, as they go back to sign the paychecks on the front and do the things necessary. You know, they work harder. They're more driven for the most part than anybody else I've ever met. So I just enjoy being around them, talking with them, working with them and helping them grow. And it's a great reward when I can show an entrepreneur how to grow their business even farther than they expected they could do it. Yeah, I, I say all the time that one of the things I love the most about doing this show is I get to meet mm-hmm. cool people. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just fascinating the things that I learn just from mm-hmm. talking with um, folks like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what is that um, difference? You mentioned it a couple of times, you know, signing the front of the check versus the back. What makes an entrepreneur different? Are, they, are, are entrepreneurs born or can you learn to be an entrepreneur? 
Well, I think you can learn to be an entrepreneur. You know, and and we've seen that in 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 certain cases where perhaps it was somebody's father or somebody's mother or sister or somebody started the business. And then this person has come in. In fact, I've worked with uh, businesses uh, that are third and fourth generation, where it's not every child wants to step into their parents' business, but some do and do a phenomenal job of it. Some do. And, and, you know, because their parents or their grandparents or somebody else really drove that business and built the business, they maintain it. And when they do that, it, that to me is not an entrepreneur. That's, you know, that's a manager. Um, so it's not a, it's not a natural state. Um, you're either not to me, you're an entrepreneur because you want to grow it. You want to be, make it your own or you're a manager. Um, so you can create entrepreneurs. Uh, I think when you show some people how passionate they can become over things, but some people I don't think have that, that genetic makeup to be the entrepreneur and they're just going to manage whatever somebody else has given them. So I've seen both and I, I, I know that there is a spark that, and that happens in an entrepreneur that not everybody gets. Got it. one thing that I wanted to ask you um, is when when we first booked this conversation, um, mm-hmm. and I you know spent some time on your website, a little bit about you and, and what you did um, is and, and because I'm really interested to hear your take on this is number one, why do businesses fail? And the second half of that question is what can we do as people who um, because as as enterprise now we exist to help entrepreneurs and business owners survive and thrive. So two parts to that question. Why do, why do businesses fail and what can we do to help uh, businesses succeed? Well, it, you know, it's fascinating and I've got, I do actually do a, um, one of my um, trainings. I talk about this extensively is when you look at why businesses fail and I've got some graphics and, and, and some studies that were done. Um, there are probably about 600,000 businesses and this is some businesses that employ people that fail a year. And when they started to break them down, when they started to do the research and study on them, 46% of the businesses that failed failed because of what they termed incompetence. Didn't mean they weren't passionate about what they did, but what it meant was that they were not good at the business of their business. And that's something we say all the time is you can be very good at your craft, but not very good at business. And it's not something that's taught an awful lot in schools or, you know, where do you pick up the skill sets to to learn how to be a business? There's one thing to be good at what you do. There's another thing to be good at business. So a lot of things are poor pricing. They do, you know, poor bookkeeping. This is where we find the majority of companies and businesses fail is not being able to fix something or build something or create something, but actually making sure that you understand and maintain the books, that you understand your cost factors, that you're able to really make great business decisions. And that's where we spend probably 90% of our time with our clients is helping them learn how to read their financial statements, learn how to read, you know, and understand the, uh, the different departments and where their cost factors actually are in all of this, because a lot of them have never been trained in that. They think 
like I did, which is, hey, if I work hard and I price it, you know, compared to my competition, I'm cheaper than my competition, I should be able to make a great living. And that's just not the case. So most people fail miserably because of the things they don't know, not because of the things they do. And for us, as co- as companies, as individuals, as vendors, if you will, one of our key components is to help educate them on those areas, the things that they don't know they don't know, which is how do I strengthen that area of your business where you're not doing well? You know, we had talked about, you know, podcasting and what you do, which is a phenomenal skill. It's not something I know. And for me to just dive into it without knowledge would probably and miserably for me, if I don't learn from somebody or find that expert in that area to mentor me um, and not only provide a service for me, but also educate me and help me to understand what it is that I need to understand about certain things. So that's, that's an area where I think too often when you look at manufacturer vendors, all they're worried about is moving a product to a client or customer. And the, the end user, the customer, you know, whatever business that is, is struggling out there saying, I, okay, I'll just sell more product. Well, if your sales that you're doing aren't profitable, doing more sales isn't going to bring you profit. You're still going to be miserable. You're just buying yourself more work. Mm-hmm. So what I tell mo- all of my clients is let's, let's start with the basic building blocks of business and learn how to run a business properly. Your craft, your art, your whatever it is that you do, you probably do that very well. It is the back room. It's the back end. It's understanding and not trusting that your CPA or your bookkeeper is going to maintain your business for you. Because there are stories every day about businesses that fail because the bookkeeper didn't pay attention. Or the the CPA, I shouldn't say CPA, but bookkeepers embezzling money or or not putting the books together right or, or not giving the right information. And as a business owner, we just say, well, I don't know. So I just trust that those are the right numbers. We call actually call that cigar box accounting. It's good. <laughs> We, you, know, you throw money in the cigar box, and for those of you who are younger, you probably don't even remember what a cigar box is, but a box. You just throw your money in, money I make goes in, When I got to pay a bill, money comes out, and at the end of the month, if there's still money in the box, I get to eat. We're doing good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're doing all right. And I've seen this in multi-million dollar businesses. You talk to the, the owner. And it's like, how are you doing? Where are your costs? I don't know. I look at my, you know, the CPA sends me my report once a year and I see how much money I made and how much money I have left. And you kind of hope that 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 lower number is actually a positive number. And if you wait for a year, you, you, you could have basically lost the business in that time and not even known it. So for me, it's, it's knowing your numbers. It's knowing where you're at. It's knowing your costs. It's knowing how to be a business person, not just an entrepreneur, not just good at your craft, but really understanding all of the aspects of your business, which is, I know, a longer answer than you were probably looking for. But that's that's really where I see more businesses fail than, than should is simply because they didn't know what they didn't know. Got it. No, that that's a, a perfect answer because and, and I was sw- smiling. You can't see me, but I was smiling because I completely agree. I think uh, part of, of the reason we fail at anything, really, you, you mentioned podcasting as well. Um, people just they buy a microphone, they plug it into their computer and they, they start talking. 
Right. And then after the 12th episode, they realized that this is actually work. And then they stopped, <laughs> you know, because they didn't have a plan. They didn't understand where they were going. What, you know, mm -hmm. because if, if it's a hobby, okay, that's one thing. But even still, you have to have a plan and you have to understand um, the details about what you're doing. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're almost certainly going to fail. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's a shame you see the success stories out there and uh, you know, like if you go on YouTube or some of the others, you know, you hear about the guys like, um, Oh, I, I can't even think of the, the top YouTubers out there and they make a fortune playing on YouTube. And you got, there was, uh, I forget what PBS actually put a, um, uh, a special documentary out called, I think it was generation now about even 12 year old kids that are posting YouTube videos and now are making more money than their parents on YouTube videos. And so everybody and their brother thinks that's the way to do it. You know, you get on there, you do some of these things. And like you said, I buy a microphone or I buy a camera and now I'm suddenly going to be the next, uh, Gary Vandercheck. And it just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. You know, too many, you know, the, you hear the one or two success stories. You should, you think it should be easy. Yeah. The majority don't make it. Yeah. It's like the, the iceberg mentality. You see the tip oh. of it and you're like, oh, wow, this is great. This is awesome. But you don't see, um, you mentioned uh, Gary V, the years yep. and years and years and years and years of time that he put in. And, it, and if you will follow him at all, he'll tell you there were long stretches of time where he didn't do anything except his business. So there were, he made great, great sacrifices in order to be where he is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think we all have. We all have those stories that we either you either learn and grow or you you don't. And if you don't, if you stop learning, then you will fail. Yep. So it's kind of speaking um, to some of this stuff, um, why businesses fail and things that they need to know in order to be successful. Um, how how would you suggest they overcome those challenges? Well, it. Uh, again, it's really paying attention to the details, benchmarking. We talk about um, knowing your numbers. You know, if you don't know your numbers, then then you really are, don't have a business. You have a hobby that hopefully brings in some money. But it's it's starting to understand um, the details. And if you don't know your details, then find someone who will who will educate you on you, and not just trust somebody else to give them to you. That that is, we see that in fact, cash flow, and we all, you know, we all know the term cash flow, but I don't think most people understand truly what that means. That eighty-two percent of all businesses struggle with cash flow, and you know, which is money in, money out. We we call it. We tell everybody. Uh, we start every one of our trainings off with everything you do in business, either generates or eliminates revenue. Everything, and you need. To, yeah, I mean, the trick is generate revenue then you eliminate but if you're not not tracking it how do you know mm -hmm. so that that's the the key in this thing is what are you doing to generate revenue and what are you doing to eliminate revenue you stole my thunder mike that was going to be my very next question what are um some of your top, sorry about that what are your top two keys to success <laughs> top two keys to success really are you know, understanding where you're at, because if you don't know where you're at, you don't, you, you don't know where you're going. You know, it's like any place else. I, if I want to take a trip to California, I got to know where I'm starting from. 
in order to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the number one thing is where where are you at? Where where are your where's your cash coming in from? Who is it that's that's providing you with that? Where is the, the sweet spot? You know, understanding that who is my true client, who is my true customer, and then where are my expenses? Where am I spending my money? If you can figure out those two things and have control over both of those, you stand the best chance in the world of, of being successful at whatever it is you choose to do. Got it. Now, what are you? What are your thoughts on how detailed people should be on? Um their expenses in terms of costing. Obviously, um, I I think the world that you delve in is mostly manufacturing. Is that correct? Actually, we do it uh, almost exclusively in service industries. Okay. And I say service industries is everything from lawn care and tree trimming to plumbers and electricians and construction and anybody that that sells service. That's where we specialize. Got it. Okay. So how how important is, is costing? I cannot emphasize it enough. You cannot have too much detail when it comes to costing. You should know every dime that goes in and that comes in and goes out of your business. Where is it going to? How is it? How can we make it more efficient? You know, phone bills and gas and you know, advertising. Advertising is is one of those things that's that can chew up a lot of your money. And if you're not looking at, is it actually providing me? with uh, revenue is it what are my lead costs most people couldn't tell you that you know and and i've dealt with marketing and marketing companies and this is not a a detriment to marketing companies they're they're very good but you need to understand what you're you're charging for for the marketing or what you're paying out in marketing and what you're getting back in return and figure that out right down to per sale what am i spending out of that that sale price to actually get that person to buy and very few people can actually tell you what those costs are mm-hmm. and i've seen an, an insane amounts of money spent to try and get the phone to ring and when you start boiling it down you're spending a thousand dollars to sell a five hundred dollar item mm-hmm. now i and you keep... sorry go ahead no go ahead I think I know the answer to this next question, but I, w- I want to ask it because I want the enterprisers to hear you say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How important is it to understand and know the value of a customer? Um, and, and I guess what I mean by that is not only how much it costs for that particular service, but mm-hmm. the one, three, five, your value of that customer. It, it, if you don't, you you're going to constantly be chasing your tail. The value of maintaining and retaining a customer, obviously, it, it costs a lot less to keep a happy customer than it is to go out and get a new customer. But to know those numbers, you can spend way too much money trying to get that in. And if and every business is going to be different. Um, you know, I, that's one of the questions we deal with all the time. Somebody, well, give me what percentage I should be spending. Give me, you know, what my cost should be on this. It's your business, every business. And I don't care if you have two businesses that are identical side by side selling the same product, their cost centers are going to be different. So you need to figure that out every time. What's it cost me to get a customer? What's it cost me to maintain a customer? What's it cost me to lose a customer? Mm-hmm. you know attrition or something like that you know it it 
all of that matters. You know, if I'm going to grow a business, which we all want to grow our business, we have to maintain and insulate what we currently have. And then we have to penetrate and grow in order for us to get larger. And we have to make sure that we keep what we have and add to it and not be constantly trying to replace what we keep losing. Does that answer your question? Is that what you were looking for? Yes. Sometimes, you know how, um, I don't know if you have children at all, but sometimes when you tell them something, they ignore it. But when they hear somebody else say it, for some reason, even though, even if it's the exact same thing, they're like, oh, Oh, okay, that would make sense. (laughs) (laughs) We actually, I actually get that a lot. That's one of my jobs was when we work with our clients is I, I train their, their employees, their personnel. And it's funny that that's exactly what happens every time I can stand in front of them and I'll tell them the same thing that the owner told them, but somehow coming from me, you know, it, it carries different weight. Don't ask me why, but hey, I make a living at it. Yeah, so the owners in the back of the room throwing their hands <laughs> yep. up like I've been saying <laughs> all the time, all the time. It's actually kind of funny. So I just tell them it's my natural charisma and charm that, that sells it. You know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So switching gears a little bit, Mike, um, this is one of my favorite questions uh, and is my favorite, one of my favorite questions because of the the different answers that I get. Uh, If you could meet anyone in the world, who would it be? And what would you say to them? You know, I've heard you ask that question. I've heard a lot of different answers. And I think part of it would be depending on what part of my life you're talking about. But seeing as this is business and entrepreneurs, I'm going to answer this from a business standpoint. There's a few people out there that fascinate me. Um, and I think my answer is probably going to be somewhat controversial, but I will explain why I, I answer it the way I do. The person I would f- that would fascinate me to, to talk to, I think, honestly, would be Donald Trump. And the reason I say that is not because of political one way or the other, but here's a man that's that obviously done business there are some others out there that do it as well too and been very good at what he does and the the thought process that he has and growing and 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 that sort of thing and then to step away from that into what is obviously not a very popular decision one way or the other i don't care who you you know whoever takes on that role it's never popular because about half the population hates you mm-hmm. um but why would you do that what is the motivation behind that why would you leave a very successful life that's a very comfortable life and go to you know doing what he's doing and what was his motivation what was his you know ideas behind all that i've i've met people who know him personally and you hear a very different story. So for me, I just out of the curiosity from a business standpoint, what is the entrepreneurial component for him that drove him to do the things he did? How did he see the industry going? You know, it's it's interesting. I, I have a friend who um, is part of, they call it the Abundance Conference, which is very, very well-to-do individuals that get together and, and talk about how they're to influence things. and. You know, their ideas about life, you know, some of the things that, that you and I care about that don't motivate them when you get to that level, how their motivation changes and what they're looking to accomplish um, is vastly different than some of the ideas that you and I have for entrepreneurial. So I think that would be fascinating to simply sit down and say, what motivated you then? What motivates you now? Why the change? 
you know, how did you grow? And I know it's real estate. I mean, we can sit and talk about real estate ideas and, and theory all day long, but really, how did he get to where he was and why did he step away from that to do something else? Um, wouldn't be probably one of them. Obviously, it'd be fascinating to talk to people like Tony Robbins or, or some of the other uh, individuals out there that are in top of their field as well, too. But he's one that, from a very non-political standpoint, I look at him and go, your career path is is interesting. It's fascinating. <laughs> and I'd just be, be one to kind of go, okay, <laughs> why did you do the things you do? Yeah, he's definitely um, a, a person who does things differently. Yes. And it's worked for him. I mean, you can, right, wrong, or indifference, it seemed to have worked for him. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. That, uh, like I said, I, I don't know that that's the great answer everybody in the world wants to hear, but that would be, he's a person that from a, just from a curiosity standpoint, fascinates me. So. Got it. Uh, so, Mike, we've learned a lot about you, what you like to do, some of the things that um, that um, how what makes you tick, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about your business. What do you do? <laughs> well, my business is actually the business of helping people run their business. We do a uh, it's called Applied Management Group. We do business mentoring. And I use the term mentoring as opposed to coaching because I don't I don't believe I have the we come in to alongside of you and help you with your business. We find those areas of strength and we help you shore those up. We find those areas of weakness and we help educate you. Uh, we bring in uh, talent and skills from individuals that uh, work with us. So I don't have every answer to every question, but I do have a, a team of individuals that are experts in their field that I can call upon and bring them into the mix to be able to get the answers for you as a client to be able to do that. So we do the mentoring. That's one-on-one. We do training. I do training all over the United States. Um, and we, we have, we do local, we do virtual, we have recorded training sessions to allow people to learn at their pace. If all they have are some questions, they do a pretty good business, but they want to refine it. We allow for the training. And uh, I, again, I was doing a training, as I mentioned to you uh, this evening, before we, we got on here, I actually was doing some training called the Anatomy of Discovery and how to ask great questions. So we do that. And then the third piece, we, we have created some tools. Uh, I uh, created a software that actually helps companies figure out their burden labor costs. One of the things we we're talking about was costing. And what most people we've found over the years is I've worked with them, have no idea what their labor costs them. So we've created a software uh, company that actually the software is a, um, you can go online on your off your phone even if you want it's a lot like TurboTax that gives you a burden labor cost a cost per hour what that employee costs you for every hour is punched in and then we help you to be more efficient with those people and then do your pricing and costing so that every hour that you charge is profitable hmm interesting yeah it's uh that's been an area that's probably been the most i won't say controversial but it's been one that's uh, most people have had the hardest time accepting, but once they've accepted, we've literally doubled and tripled profitabilities in companies. We've added hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue to companies, but we do it through logic. We do it through factual numbers. We don't just go in and raise prices or you know do something like that. We actually base everything off of information because information is king. 
Got it. That that's interesting, and I, and I could see why that would be um, a challenge for for companies to to look on the surface and say, why would I spend money to figure out how much I'm spending? <laughs> um, yes. You know, but but on the the back end, I can see how it would be an extremely valuable tool to, <laughs> as you were saying earlier, to know where you are. You know, if if I'm charging ten dollars for my hamburger. And it cost me twelve dollars to make it. That's probably mm-hmm. not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We just had, and I've seen this in multiple times. But we just finished up with a remodeling company. I'll give you a quick example. Um, great company. They they actually do pretty well. Um, but we started looking at some of their divisions, and one division in particular, their their uh, retail labor rate. What they charge the customer was sixty dollars an hour. Um, and calculating out all their costs and figuring out their labor costs for the individuals that are doing the actual work, their their laborers, it's costing the company $82 an hour. Oh, no. Yeah. So even for the hours that they were charging, they were losing $30 an hour. So and my software, we priced it in such a way that the ROI, the payoff on it can be an hour. And actually what we found is most guys in under a week, you paid for any investment you've ever made in their software. And we did that because we're not looking to, to, uh, you know, be filthy stinking rich off of the software. We did it as a tool to help entrepreneurs, especially small to mid-sized companies have those same tools that the larger corporations use on a daily basis. Got it. So the old saying goes, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Uh, time has flown by and we have come to the toward the end of our conversation. But uh, before I let you go, uh, okay. if you could give the enterprisers an actionable step to improve their businesses today, what would that be? We'll go right back to what we've really been talking about all along. Know your numbers, take the time to learn your numbers and then benchmark. And when I say benchmark, know where your cost centers have to be. If I'm spending on phones, I want to be looking at what I'm paying out in phones. Know your numbers like you can talk your tell your phone, telephone number. You should know every one of your expenses. You should know why you're spending that much. Are there ways to save money? How can I trim costs without you know, sacrificing quality in my business and really continue. That is the number one way to make good profit in your company is to know those numbers and keep those costs in control. Benchmarking them, setting a a standard that says these costs should never exceed this amount. If they do, I need to know within 24 to 48 hours why they did that so that I can correct it and not wait for a month or two months or a year to be able to figure out that I, I lost money there. So that's my number one thing with any company is know your numbers, now, especially quick, your expenses. Now, quick question for you. Okay. What's your philosophy here? What's more important, top line or bottom? Uh, bottom line's more important. Um, and how you get from top line to bottom line, all the numbers in between are the key. Um, because I can, you can have a $100,000 company and make a comfortable living at it, or you can have a million-dollar company and be in debt constantly. So the top line is nice, and it's good, and then and you want to pay attention to it. But it's everything from the in between the top line and the bottom line that will destroy your company or make it profitable. It's your choice. 
Got it. So, Mike, if people want to learn more about what you guys do and um, or reach out to you to learn more about you, uh, how can they do that? Uh, the, the two simple ways. Our website is uh, www.appliedmg.com. You can go there, get in contact with us, see some videos, take a look at what we do. Or you can email us at info at appliedmg.com. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We're, we're pretty much anywhere you need to be. If they want to call us, our phone number is area code 262-697-4470. We'd love to hear from you in whatever capacity. We're always available to answer questions and, and really see how it is that we might be able to help you. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much for your time, Mike. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you tonight. It's been enjoyable. All right, Enterprisers, if you got value from that awesome conversation, let the world know by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. That helps us know that we're bringing you golden nugget filled conversations with the most inspirational business owners and entrepreneurs. Reach out to me directly at eflinard at enterprise-now.biz with any feedback or questions. If you want to learn more about how you can leverage podcasting to launch, grow, or maximize your business, head on over to the website and we look forward to talking with you. All right, folks, thanks again. And we'll talk with you next week. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email. Mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.